We the bestest cast with the left twist. Fat, barely well dressed. Put me on the guest list. The guest list. Uh, yeah, on the guest list. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another week of On the Guest List with Fox trying to get down White Sox, Dave, Kenny, Carkeet, and Dante. We have another huge episode this week. We have one of our favorite guests returning. The patron saint of this podcast, our guardian angel, Mr. Mark Roberts, is back for another interview. We talk about his upcoming tour, Wish Fest, White Sox, Dave, bringing him a guitar to the show that we played, and he breaks a little bit of news about what he has going on with Barstool and John Feidelberg. A great interview. Stick around for that. Gentlemen, welcome the fuck back. Dante is in the middle of some meeting or something. He'll be here shortly. But David's back in New York. White Sox Dave, how's it feel to be back in the city you love the most? It fucking blows, man. <laughs> like, it fucking blows. I, I got a rental car, and I almost crashed it about eight times on the way to the hotel. You drove into the city. You drove into New York. Yeah, I drove in. Well, from LaGuardia, so... Uh, Not that far, but like it, it just the city's the worst. It's it's hell on earth. I'm not I arguing. In LA, with you. and I could have never even imagined driving to New York. No I like I liked having the rental car in LA. That shit was fun. Uh, driving yeah. in New York is pure hell. Uh, I've made the wrong turn many times and haven't gone over the Brooklyn Bridge. It's a bitch. I fucking hate that city. But that was one of the reasons I was late. I like the GPS had some lag to it. Yeah. So I got to the street I needed to turn on to get to the hotel. And I passed it because I thought it was like another half block up. So I had to go all the way the fuck around because of all the one-way streets and everything. I'm like, well, I just killed 15 minutes going a third of a mile. Because Welcome of to New York, baby. Welcome work. to New York, the big and apple. Then, uh, Dante. So I was planning on crashing with Dante tonight. I don't know where he's at. He's at the, he's at the meeting that I also missed. Um, but the... I am, well, I, so I asked him if I could like crash in his room or something. Cause I don't have a hotel here tonight. And he just texted me back with a fucking room. Like he bought with points or some shit. So God, I love Dante. I will be buying him a steak tonight. If he ever responds. There you so, go. Nice. Dante, Dante literally finished the barstool meeting, turned around in his chair and hopped on Zoom and did the interview with Robert. It was fucking outstanding. And that conversation with Robert, we actually break some news about him and Barstool, which we will get into later. But I digress. Our other co-host today, live from Los Angeles, California, Mr. Kenny Carkeet. Kenny in the swanky sweet jacket that he's wearing. How you doing, buddy? I'm comfy as fuck, man. Just chilling, looking rage, cozy, rage bro. Partying. Yeah, thanks, yeah. man. It's fucking free, yo. It's like 39 and raining in LA. It's not good. Oh shit! It's warmer in Philly than it is in LA. Let's go. This we just entered. We get like eight months of not a cloud in the sky, perfect. And then, like, once the end of December comes around for four months, it's just gray, cold, and rainy. It's man. I just think about all the poor influences who are out there and they can't wear their fucking weird clothes and shit. That's when they fuck go to Cabo. City. Fuck that city. <laughs> fuck you <laughs> fuck you dude, dude. it's like 65 in chicago today i guess i'm not there for it but like mid 60s yeah well dave left and it got warm that's exactly how it goes yeah. they, they wanted to wait for him to leave to bring the nice weather out people were fucking wave running on the chicago river today <laughs> i saw it Jesus. scum of the earth i love it it's gross as it, as it is like fucking mobsters used to dump bodies in there and they just empty all the trash in there so it's kind of nasty but hey when weather calls for it Weather calls for it. Yeah, yeah. My, my, jet skiing is an option. You know, when yeah. I was a kid, my dad used to tell me if you jumped into the Delaware River, you'd come out with an extra limb because the Delaware River is the most disgusting thing on earth. Like it's fucking brown. It's I don't know the L- the LA River. 
which there's is an really, LA river. He, it's what Arnold Schwarzenegger drives in in Terminator two. It's not a real river, uh, but they call it the LA river. It's and the people, aqueducts. Like you said, shit. influencers are down there all the time shooting and it's like AIDS, hepatitis, fucking central. <laughs> yeah. Probably syringes and shit. Everywhere. Yeah. 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 Condoms floating around LA. Shout, river, out, classic shout out to the big, uh, big cities in America. We're, we're yeah. gross. We know that. Uh, but we have a lot to talk about this week. A lot happened in the music industry. Why don't we start out, go right into this. Here's our interview with Mark Roberge from OAR. All right, ladies and gentlemen, on the guest list today, a returning guest of the podcast, the video series. He's kind of been like our guardian angel through all this stuff. I want to welcome back on Mr. Mark Roberge for Other Revolution. Mark, how are you, buddy? Doing great, man. It's great to see you guys. Thanks for having me. It really hasn't been that long because I saw you last week, dude. Chicago, Wish Fest. Mark absolutely killed it. First off, Mark, I just want to say something. This is something I've noticed recently. Are you the nicest person on earth? Like, can we, can we say <laughs> that? Like, <laughs> I doubt it. I hope not. That would be bad. That would be really bad. Uh, listen, man, I'm normally when you see me or, um, you know, we do something like this, you know, you're getting me and my music element, which is my happiest element. So only naturally I'm going to be bouncing off the walls. I mean, I'm, I'm just happy to be there and I'm happy to see you. I'm happy to see you see you, nice already. He never stops, but I will say, uh, the last two places that I've seen you have been charitable places uh i saw you at the uh was it beats and eats uh in philadelphia it was you uh it was quest love it was robert randolph and my friend zeke burst by the way shout out zeke burst uh and then i saw you at wish fest obviously now there's a funny story about that mark was the first person i saw when i walked into the venue mark what happened with your guitar <laughs> i can't believe we're telling this about dave here oh i know we'll, we'll so bust dave's balls and he can hop in whenever it was the, the universe at work, obviously, because I walk into the place and I've been, I've been using my guitars. I've, you know, they've been in action. They should be ready to go. I was not having luck. It was not going to be a good sounding experience. A lot of feedback, a lot of issues. I see you and the world literally just started colliding together. And I'm like, I've been frantically thinking, who am I going to call? I need a guitar. And then I remember Dave's coming. I remembered the guitar. The whole thing hit me in the face and you just said, yeah, he'll bring it. And he just said, yeah, I'll bring it. But you called him, you FaceTimed him. And I, I think he was certainly concerned that this was some sort of setup. Though. Well, yeah, what happened was, cause this is what happened. I walked up, I gave you a hug and you're like, dude, my guitar, like is, it got fucked up in transit. And I was like, Mark, do you not remember that you sent White Sox Dave, one of your stage guitars? And you just went, Oh my God, I sent White Sox Dave one of my stage guitars. And I was like, you want me to FaceTime him? So I put him on FaceTime. This dude is in the dark. I'm dead serious. Like in the dark shirtless from just like his forehead to here. And I was like, yo, someone's got to talk to you. And I turned the camera to you and I seen his face like drop. And he's like, hey, Mark. And you're like, Dave, I need you to bring that guitar. My guitar's broken. And Dave just goes, is this a setup? And we were both like, no, this guitar is broken. Like you need to bring that one. And he did and saved the day. And you guys were outstanding on that set too, by the way. I just wanted to say that. So I should have provided you with the, the picture I got at 2.38 in the morning. You know, as I'm you know, struggling out of bed a few hours later, I see this text and it's a picture of the guitar just sitting in the empty venue. 
the person who worked there texted me, um, was someone named Dave supposed to pick this up? <laughs> no way! <laughs> so, I don't know if it's still there or if it's at, if it ever made it to Dave, but Dude. as of 2.38 um, a.m., it had not made it to Dave. Yeah, he, he, kept, he kept saying he was going to grab it on our way home, but none of us were in any condition to remember that. I got a text from Dave. Look, I don't get uptight about it. I feel like, you know, that guitar is meant to end up wherever it is. I've had guitars spread out over the years. Just in certain situations, it's the perfect gift. It's the perfect just transfer of, like, stories. You know what I mean? But you can't get too hung up on it or get uptight. So that guitar is either being played backstage at that insane venue we were at or, uh, or hopefully it is. I don't know. That's a, pro, that's a pro move, though, getting that, because then you get in pickles like you were just in. Yeah, you just have them in every city. You, you, have, got, a, you have an emergency yeah, you guitar got it there waiting for you. I think it was a power move from David just to say, listen, you know, uh, I'm not the dude who's coming bringing your guitars to shows when you forget them, picking <laughs> them up. He's just like, no, that's not, that's not me right now. You well, know? I know he was on one that night because uh, I woke up in the morning to a text from like 425 in the morning that just said, I love you, Colin. That's all it said. Good Lord. <laughs> Good Lord, dude. But no. Uh, anything dude, after four. Anything after four is bad. I think it's like a, a constant in life. But uh, once again, going back to that night, though, like you were outstanding. And I thought it was great because you labeled the show as Mark Roberge and Friends. Who were the friends, Mark? <laughs> Oh, I yeah. <laughs> um, so, can I tell can I tell you something about that? Yeah. So I wasn't in on that. And I turned I turned to Dave and our buddy Chief like 10 times throughout your set. And I was like, I don't know where he found these guys, but they are so dialed in. This is the tightest, this is the tightest group. It sounds like they play together forever. And then the next day, call and explain the whole thing to me, and I felt so stupid. I didn't even tell him. I was like, oh, yeah. First of all, that's the highest compliment, right, coming from someone who, like, you know, mixes music, right? So it's like rhythm, right? If they're tight, if we're tight, uh, tight, you know, that's the highest compliment you can pay us. And also, you know, we have a big tour coming up next year where we can't, we're not, we can't be out there selling tickets as OAR, competing with ourselves for next year, like the big tour. So this was a great way for me, Jerry, who played, you know, tons of guitar and sax, Chris on drums. Then our keyboard player was Danny Chamson. He is, was the original keyboard player for OAR years and years and years ago. He is an amazing guy and musician. And then the bass player was his buddy, who we'd never met, never played with, never sound checked with. I miss sound check because I'm a dumbass. I'm late to everything. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, but he did great. So... That compliment, I really appreciate that. That's nice. I didn't know all that. I, I, I was laughing, though, because I did introduce myself to the guy playing keys, and he's like, I'm not in the band. He's like, I was in the band, but I'm not in the band. So, <laughs> Dude, it was a great set. Uh, it was an honor to be there with you, but you already brought it up, man. What we need to talk about today is I want to call it the On the Guest List Tour because it seems like everybody who's on there has are friends of ours at this point, dude. So I want to totally take over your entire thing and say, like, dude, you – Dispatch, G-Love, and my new friend, Robert Randolph. What a fucking tour. How did this come together? So for years and years, we've been hearing out there, you know, you guys should tour with Dispatch. The similar story, uh, also dissimilar, you know, but in the sense of a band coming from a small area, maybe uh, locally to their friends, growing to playing venues and stuff. But 
we always heard about them everywhere we went. And then fast forward 20 years, we all start talking about doing it in 2019. Then obviously, boom, 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 here we are. But the anticipation was kind of on our side. Uh, both bands stayed off the road for the better half of two or three years. And we knew that when we did come back, we'd do it together. Mm. Now, involving Garrett, G. Love, Robert Randolph is just amazingly perfect for the day. I mean, these guys are folks we've known forever. We all have so many memories on the road. We're basically celebrating live music every day. We're going to be celebrating touring music every day. Just happy to be there like kids again. So it is your familiarity of your friends, but it's also like I'm a fan of all of them. So mm. it's a fun day for me. It's a fun day for them. I think we'll figure out a way to make every day a party. So I'm, I'm excited for the throwback effect that it could have for a lot of people too, you know, who just want to take a break from reality for four hours, you know, and come out to 2000, whatever. <laughs> Dude. How, uh, how long were you guys without live shows throughout this whole thing? I know it varied for different groups and acts. Right. So I remember we were on the road, March, call it March 13th, 2020. We were in Charlottesville. We played the show. We walked off the stage, uh, we were like, I think taking a day off the next day. I watched Dateline that night and I'm thinking, nah, and yeah, and that was it. So we, we luckily had a few dates in the spring. We had a big festival in, in Arizona that was so fun. So we had a lot of good things going. And I think though, in the long run, we needed some time off the road to, I don't know, just build some sort of even more excitement to come back to it. We actually love touring, so we got to like stay away sometimes because we like it too much. You got to take it away yeah. from yourself so that you can actually appreciate the fact that it's what you do. And you guys are such a fucking great live band. Like what, what was your first show back post, like not post COVID, but like re-entering the COVID world. Do you remember your first show back? <clears throat> No, I don't. I know that the, we, we bounced in and out and did some festivals. Oh, Shaky Knees. Sorry uh, about that. Atlanta, Shaky. hell yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't know what I'm even talking about. I've been <laughs> watching these kids all day long. They're, <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Oh, so we're getting We're getting yeah, Dad we were Mark and Rockstar Mark. Yeah, exactly. Uh, no, we were down there in Atlanta. We went, we just, man, leaned in. Everyone, the full seven-piece band was there. We got to watch other groups play. I mean, that's really the way you want to experience it from where you and I are sitting, you know what I mean? Doing, uh, playing your show, super fun. But then being able to kind of be part of the festival, just cruising around, maybe you catch a golf cart ride here or there. That's fun as shit. Yo, yeah. You know, it's those things that never get old you know it's the same feeling when you you know the first Bonnaroo I remember just the little things I remember the mats on the ground that you could walk on that weren't muddy it's just like things like that bring me right back to rock and roll and that's what we missed was the diesel and the trucks the, that's the stuff you really missed. I, I, Mark who do you who do you enjoy seeing live like at festivals or in general? That's an awesome question. I love seeing familiar 
songs? God, that's, you know, that's a really good question because I, I kind of wander around. I'm trying to think of this group I saw recently that blew my mind, but it always goes back for me, back to, uh, for me to the bands that I first saw on tour, you know, like you're talking about Ziggy Marley and Marley, uh, the Whalers or any, you know, Steel Pulse and a lot of those early experiences of seeing, you know, the Chili Peppers and Pearl Jam and, you know, I saw Pearl Jam at See Here Now. Oh, I mean, they hadn't played in three years. They had a new guitar player with them. It was the greatest thing in the world. So for me, that's I'm, awesome. I'm thinking about yeah, Pearl Jam stuff like that. Can I ask you something yeah. on a on? Oh, I'm sorry, Dante. Uh, I just this this actually involves you. Uh, like, like from on our podcast. My question was going to involve you actually. Oh my God, that's so cute. So I'll go first, then you go. My, go. my question is going to be, we always talk about this on the podcast and, and it's something me and Dante like to do when we play festivals and Dave doesn't understand. Do you like to get mixed? Like, do you ever just go out into the crowd or try and be with people? You know what I mean? Like instead of being in the hospitality area, can you still go out and kind of see a show from the audience perspective? So I probably spoiled myself quite a bit. So when I go to a show, I, I like to roam around, but the best spot, and yeah, you know, I like to be in the, in the crowd and, and just party and have fun. But the best spot is like front of house. So I go to front of house, I can hear everything. I can see everything. There's a group of folks around that we can just hang and, you know, have a good time. So yes, I like to be involved, but I also admittedly completely spoiled and uh, snob uh, borderline. <laughs> no, you're correct. You're 100% correct. That is the best. Yeah, he's not lying. And now, Dante, your question that involved me. Yeah, I was going to ask, have you been to a Foxtrot show? So, my or was Wishfest the first time you saw them? So when I showed up at Wishfest, I saw them walking out, having just played their set. And I was like, damn, I'm so sorry. <laughs> at least you're honest. So I missed it completely, but I watch the videos and I also do my homework and I know what time it is. So I know who, who they are, what they sound like, who plays what, you know, and I know when I'm meeting them, I never want to walk into a place not knowing who I'm shaking my shaking hands with, you know, um, 100%. but yeah, I do need to see an actual live experience, but of course, you know, I was late. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good, man. You had a you had a you had a late set. It's all good. How did you, I'm curious? How did you guys come cross paths? How do you guys know each other? Me and Mark. Yeah. From on the guest list, I think it was actually Chief's fault. I think Chief is the one who initially set no it up. Way. Wasn't That's Chief? You guys awesome. were playing in the bar stool, cl the the hockey thing, right? Oh. Bringing back fresh wounds. Um. What it was, was, and I commended you for it in the beginning, was getting a DM from you saying, hey, you want to come on the show? I was like, yeah, let's do it. And, uh, and then I just asked you, I think I, I assumed you had a publicist, someone had done this. And you said, no, man, like I'm, I'm, I'm making this shit happen. And I thought, wow, that's really cool. And that's what brought me into the world of, um, listen, somebody who, actively promoting live music and, and into like the act of touring and promoting that type of musicianship and that job I think that's cool so then when I saw Chief at the hockey 
That's game where he was literally the nicest. He him he was so cool, man. We just chatted the whole time, and um, the dots were connecting. And yes, uh, and then I finally met White Sox David uh, at Wish Fest. Fucking Dave, dude. By the way, I'm still kind of upset that he got on stage and didn't put a guitar on. Like, oh yeah, of course not. It's a terrifying proposition, you know. To to say like it's like okay, you're dating someone and you say. I'm going to learn your language. And then you don't learn it. And then like, hey, can you tell my mom, my mom wants to say hi and talk about dinner. And you're like, Oh shit. Dude, but Dude that's on stage. so, that's so on point. But he got yeah. on stage and played the fucking tambourine like a madman. And then he comes up to me after drunk and he's like, I should have done it, bro. I should have done it, bro. And I was like, so, yeah, you should have. The tambourine, you know, it, like it's a fun activity, but it's very, much like you didn't learn anything else here's the tambourine <laughs> he was like putting off the lesson for like months of like oh i could play the guitar and me being like you sure he's like yeah i can do it and then it's like <laughs> and he literally walked through the crowd and went colin i'm not doing it <laughs> and i was like my fingers hurt <laughs> yeah well mark i know we're gonna keep this short because you got your children to get back to and we got dante's stuck in an office and i got editing to do but i, I just want to cap this off by saying of course i'm butting my way into the barstool world you're already there and i don't know that anybody really knows this but you kind of want to like give somewhat of a preview as to what you have going on yes i'm so excited and first let me apologize for the poorly lit hallway here this is no indication of what my show with Barcel look like, although who knows? But um, yeah, I'm I'm fortunate enough to have met uh, John Feidelberg through um, through Eric Nate, through Nate uh, years ago, and and KFC and everybody, and I was always so impressed with the the network, and I always wanted to do something with music and. They've given us the opportunity to maybe team up here, start filming a series that goes into the daytime and the preparation of uh, a show. Mm. From the artist's point of view, uh, the activities they do leading up to the show. Uh, similar to things you talk about when it comes to, you know, backstage and set lists and things like this. But we want to show folks uh, how much fun it actually is out there and just kind of free the artists to be themselves and showcase the fun aspect of it. And I think Feidelberg is the perfect, perfect person to do that because he's a fan of music and it's so fun to hear him listen, uh, to listen to him, ask some questions and get people laughing. Uh, I can't fucking wait for this. And I think to me, like, I think the one thing I've noticed a lot of people tweeting at us about has been they love the fact that me, Dante, and Kenny all are these like music heads, and then they feel like they are White Sox Dave on the show because they're they're seeing it through the eyes of someone who's not a musician. So doing it with Feidelberg, and so it's you, your musician friends, and then Feidelberg is in all just like holy shit, this is like what it's like. So I guess that's kind of what you're going for, right? You know, he brings the fun meter up in the room immediately. You know, he uh, I'm a huge fan of of him. I think he's got just so many things he's destined to do. So I'm lucky to be teamed up with him for this. Uh, I'm excited more to get in my world a little bit more and expose some of my friends to uh, 
to John's world, you know, and just see what the collision, see what happens. I'm basically there just watching. <laughs> <laughs> it's either going to be really good or really bad, and we're going to find out. Which yeah, we'll see what happens, you know. That's the beauty, and I think that, you know, what, what separates uh, the network from others is that you're free to take chances, and I think that if you don't take risks, I mean, what's the point, you know? Mark, how are we the only two musicians who thought of this shit? How? <laughs> Listen, musicians inherently can, can barely keep it together. <laughs> but you want to add a show, you know, this show concept happened. It takes a long time to get me to move my ass. Like, you know, musicians just are a little scattered. And, and most of them are like out to lunch, like you and me. <laughs> <laughs> but yo, you did say to me last time I saw you in Philly, you were like, yo, how do you do all that shit? And I was like, I don't know. I, I have no fucking idea, dude. I was standing in the hallway with you. I felt like you had a team hiding behind you. Nope. Yeah, but it's you, and it's very impressive, man. You keep it up. And, and again, like, uh, my friend was asking me about what, what y'all do and everything. And I, I just said, the best way I can explain it is that you're a champ you're in a band in live music but you champion live music where some people forget that this happens on a regular basis in every city in america you can go catch a great group artist band whatever genre i think it's cool to talk about it and show people how appreciative the actual artists are because like kenny and everybody you hear from everyone's going to tell you the same thing how how much fun this is so yeah. it's cool that you're championing that you celebrate it we appreciate it. I know you're in on it anyway, but very cool. Well, we fucking love you too, Mark. You, like I told you, you're the guardian angel of this show, and we, we love you. And um, I know I, Dante obviously got his taste yeah, of the OAR experience now, so he's fully in, even though he didn't know it was fully OAR. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think it makes it even better because I thought it was you and a bunch of I thought it was like a house band, and I was like blown away. And honestly, I'm not just saying this. You can ask Con. Your voice, man, holy shit! I don't know. I don't know where the hell that comes from, but you are fucking blessed, man. You have an incredible. Voice. Listen, that is so nice. I really, really appreciate that. It's all we got. So thank you, man. Man, and uh, you put on a hell of a show. Oh, I mean, yeah. I know it's not, I know it wasn't a stadium, but you guys rocked it like it was 30,000 people, which that's, I, that's, as an that's entertainer, I, that's one of the things I admire the most is someone that can play a small venue like it's a big venue. It's not easy to do. Okay, so tell two things right there. When, when we would sit in the back and we'd sit in the MSG, it was like, listen, from that point on, we, we said every night before the shows, uh, every night is MSG, right? So get, let's get it out of your head that it's not. Like, it's always the biggest show of your life. You know, it's got to be. And then to the, to the fact of what you do, uh, I, I always talk to the young, a younger artist who's the lead singer of a group or whatever, uh, I say, you're, you're the DJ, you're the master of ceremonies, you're the MC, like, it's your job to move the crowd. So that MC is like all these different things. It's your job. So think, think of it like a DJ, like, you don't want quiet. You don't want conversation. <laughs> you don't yeah. want the chatter in the back. Like, keep, let's go, keep it rolling. People ask me, why don't you, why don't you guys talk between shots? I'm like, let's keep it going, keep people up. So uh, respect to what you do, it's the same thing. 
Dude, there's not there, there's nothing worse than when you go to see a smaller band or even like a bigger. If it's not Bruce Springsteen, shut shut the fuck up. You know what I mean? If it's not someone who's like a or Bob Dylan, like just just shut up and play the songs. But I will say from watching your set at Wishfest, I was up here for I was just levitating. Like I was having so much fucking fun. All these songs that I loved and the energy in the room was amazing. First off, the love in that room, regardless because of the charity and everything that went on, Chicago is a really cool place fucking loved every moment of it but when you guys got on stage looking at my bass player ken who me and him bonded over oar and we were we looked at each other like is this shit real life like what the fuck are we doing here this is unbelievable and i just want you to know like as much as i love you as a human i love your music just as much and i can't thank you for how great you've been to us Oh, dude, I appreciate that and thanks for having me uh thanks for dealing with the fluctuating schedule the there's so many of them in that apartment there. <laughs> Nothing is guaranteed. I don't even know if I'll make it. <laughs> well, everybody, please go check out Mark's music. Get ready for everything he has coming with Barstool and Feidelberg and everything like that. Go see him on tour with Dispatch and G-Love and Robert Randolph. And I guarantee you, you will see me, Dante, Dave, or Kenny at any of these shows. We will be filming I something together. Wait. We will be filming something wait. together, whether you like it or not. I will be there with a camera. Trust me. <laughs> You guys are awesome. You're more than welcome. You'll be my uh, be my my guests, and we'll hang. Can't wait. Awesome, yeah. man. Marco Bears is so always. Thank you so much, man. We'll see you soon. All right. See you. See you next time, guys. That was our friend Marco Bears from OAR. Great guy. I already said he's the nicest human being on earth. Go catch him on tour uh, with G Love, Robert Randolph, and Dispatch, friends of the program. Can't wait to see that show. I know we're going to go out and shoot a couple things with them, so I'm really excited about that. But, uh, Dave, we did happen to bring up – you missed the interview, but we brought up you saving the day at Wishfest, bringing the guitar to him. So. I was pissed because it, it was really weird. I was shit-faced at that point in the night when he was on, and I was like, that's the guitar that I was literally using like an hour ago. Bro, and here's the thing, though. Here's the thing, though. He brought up – I didn't know this. You texted him – or someone texted him at like 4.30 in the morning and said, yo, your guitar is still here. Dave forgot the guitar. <laughs> well, I did it. Yes, he that's did. Not true at all. That's not true at all. The – so when I, I he left early, yeah. so he never like came in and like got a drink with us or anything. When we we were like the last people in the bar when Dante was playing, and I went back to where I gave him the guitar, and it was in that little back uh, like entrance thing, you know, like yeah, back yeah. stage. So it wasn't there, and I that's where I gave it to him. So I'm like, just leave it here. That's like, it's like a secure area. So when the when the show ended, I was like the last person in the bar. Like I said, it was close. No one else is there. I went up and I'm like, oh, where's the fucking guitar? At? <laughs> so I went and talked to like the manager of, of Bourbon Street and I got it. They like, they took it. I had oh, okay. I, I never left without it or anything. Oh my God. I wish that was the story though. That would corroborate that story, including Dante, I feel like. I wish I would have been there. Like, I wish I wish I could have been a part of this to watch. Like, you leave and forget it and be like, fuck. Like, no, I wish that was the truth. Dante got the Uber back to the yeah, yeah, yeah. group, and he, he'll he be the first to tell you that I had the guitar with me the entire time. We never had to right. or anything. 
We'll need corroboration. I know. We'll need cro- There's the, the truth lies somewhere in the middle. You know how much like shit I've left at fucking venues? I Dude. left a Pelican case with five GoPros and all my mounts and all my shit in the key arena in Seattle. Never got it back. I left all types of shit. Dude, we did South by Southwest uh, the last time they had it, and Ken left his fucking base in Austin. <laughs> the only thing you need to remember, he left his base in Austin. One of the, the first time I ever got a per diem, like it's like $25 oh, yeah, yeah. a day for food or whatever in cash. The very first time I got it, left it on the plane and our manager was so sweet he gave me money out of his own wallet because i was so poor <laughs> good shit dude. Oh, dude, right. we, we used to have per diems for baseball and i would hit up the dollar menu at mcdonald's or whatever and just pocket it was for college baseball and i would we'd get like 20 bucks a day or 25 bucks a day whatever it was so i would come home on the, from the trip with like more money than i went on the trips for yeah and I, yeah oh dude this is fucking booze money this weekend fuck free yeah. money man there it is gotta love per diem uh like i said we have a lot to talk about this week before we get into segments a couple big things happened this past week let's start with kanye fucking west having a goddamn week the show at the coliseum with drake and then he comes out at rolling loud with future and does like six songs i don't know if you guys saw either of these videos but Kanye West seems like he's actually having fun again, and it makes me happy. Kenny, are you I, sad I, that you missed the Coliseum show? I am because I had so many friends. I didn't really know about it, and then I said so many friends that were there, like, posting about it. You're like, yo, fucking what? And they're, like, like right next to the, the main state. Like, fucking crazy, and the setup was dope. I didn't see the Rolling Loud one, though. Okay, so Future was finishing his set, and he was, like, in Future's voice, he's like, yo, we got something. And then all of a sudden, can't tell me nothing drops and Kanye comes out. He did like four songs. And if you watch the video of the set, future starts playing a song, fuck up some commas and future just goes freestyle. And Kanye just starts freestyling over the beat. And it was terrible. It was horrible, but it was great to see him having fun, like seeming like a fucking human being again, instead of like whatever. Was it it like cringeworthy, terrible or like, we're laughing with you terrible. We're like, laughing with you terrible. Like okay. it was like he just kept repeating it's the same terrible. line over. He yeah. just kept saying like one bill to another bill, two bill to another bill, three bill to another bill. Like he just kept saying how much money he had, which was amazing. It was great. But the funniest, the funniest part of the whole thing was that Futures DJ tried to drop another song and Kanye said, No, I have to leave. So he started playing flashing <laughs> lights and he was like, Oh no, Kanye left. And then it was just over. Like that's how the okay, set ended. <laughs> you know, literally just bye. But uh, yeah, so Kanye and Drake, it, it, it was a goddamn spectacle. If you watch the video of it, they had drones and fucking IMAX cameras. And like, it looked amazing. And it is what it is. But shout out Kanye West, shout out Drake, Free Larry Hoover concert. Apparently, it was a great time. Uh, but apparently, they forgot to say Free Larry Hoover on the set. <laughs> they never mentioned right. it ever. It, it sounds, sounds about, about right. right. But there's a story now that apparently they were selling free Larry Hoover merch and none of it's going to Larry Hoover's camp or anything like that. Sounds keep about money. right. Sounds, <laughs> Sounds about, about right. right. Man makes money all the time. Uh, second, there was something that I said on Twitter from our page that got a lot of engagement. People really liked it. Kenny, did you see the tweet I had about Haley Williams? No, I don't think I did. I said, and this was a realization that I had from going through some of the playlisting stuff, and it's another realization I came to, but I was listening to that new Willow Smith song, which I I did a whole rant on this on social media about it, but, like, I can admit when I'm contradicting myself, right? Like, I always say, like, fuck the whole Travis Barker mafia, fuck all this bullshit, and then I listen to something, and I'm like, damn, this is really good. And it's the new Willow Smith song featuring Travis Barker playing drums, and it sounds exactly like Paramore. Like, literally exactly like Decode by Paramore, which I fucking love. And I said that Haley Williams eventually is going to have to be revered as, like, a fucking legend, like a rock god. 
And I don't know how you feel about this, Kenny, but I, everything in rock now sounds like Haley Williams to me. Like everything that the younger generation is doing. I mean, Olivia Rodrigo had to pay Haley Williams because her song sounded so much like Paramore. Like what's your opinion on Paramore? Yeah, I love, I love Paramore. It's this kind of leads into my, my segment. So I don't want to go too deep, but um, yeah, Haley A, she's a babe. Secondly, yes. she's oh, a fucking yes. incredible singer. Yes. Live and on record. Um, and she was really the first young female, like, kind of punk rocker, pop punk rocker, whatever you would call it, that broke onto the scene in such a major way. Like Gwen Stefani, right? Yep. Followed by fucking Haley Williams. Those Fueled by Ramen records. Like, fucking shout out Fueled by Ramen just for becoming something out of nothing. Now they got 21 fucking pilots. Um, David Bendith, the producer, he did the Fallout Boy records. He did uh, the Paramore records and all that shit. Like, just what a great era of music that was. And she was big time in charge. If not of the whole thing, of at least the female-led run yeah. that's been happening for the last 20 years in that genre. It's been amazing. But she, they have outlasted everybody. Haley is still fucking putting out great solo records and Paramore just her put out solo record her solo record was fucking great Pedals that's also Parker, because she yeah. doesn't put out three records a year every year for 20 years yep. like she takes breaks she comes back she does all the right shit makes the right moves doesn't rush anything she's great but she to me is like the the she's the lasting impression from that era of rock to me and it's like very odd to be like already at this place where I'm like dude she doesn't get enough respect like as a legend being like holy shit like it's been 15 years now, and she's still her influence is stronger now than ever. She and did that massive fucking song with Kid Cudi. Like yeah, dude, they're like yo, she's the best. Then. Yeah, she's the fucking best, dude. And I just like, I don't know why my first thought was like, I just want to see her get her flowers now because she like her influence is fucking everywhere. But more importantly, that Willow Smith shit. I know we talked about that last week, and I wrote it off, and I was like, it's a pop star Willow Smith, whatever. Fuck that. It's some of this music is good. Like, I'm not going to write it all off. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I want to very badly. But I'm not going to write it. It's, it's good. And uh, last thing I'm going to say on Paramore, they get some of the best drum sounds ever. I love the way they record drums. And My buddy I, played, or the drummer in AWOL played. Uh, it's Hayden Scott, right? Yeah, Hayden Scott played fill-in for them for a little bit. And uh, I got to see them play. And yeah, dude, the, I mean, the drum parts and the drum recording. And a lot of that's David Bendis. Yes, uh, dude, I, I don't even know if it's the parts itself, but the sounds that they get are fucking ridiculous. That's and why I, those those Fallout Boy records, that second revival, like American Idiot, second yep. revival of Green Day, and all that shit. That's all Bendif. It's all amazing. Compression. That's what I will say. Uh, so, lastly, before we go into segments, this is something we can all kind of jive off of. Um, so, Russ, he's a rapper. Uh, just put out a huge record called Chomp Two. Uh, Russ is completely independent. This is a very interesting story that came out. So, Russ has been doing a lot of uh, like media. He's doing a lot of interviews and shit like that. He did the Rory and Maul podcast. Like he's been doing a lot of shit and he is going scorched earth on the industry and it's fucking sick to see. And Dave, it's all spite, which I'm sure you're going to be excited about. That. I know you love spite, but so Russ has been going on this tour saying like he got hated on a lot when he first came out. Cause they were like, Russ is corny. He's just talking all this shit about like, Oh, we don't own our masters and all this shit. So Russ just did a record with literally every feature possible. He had Ninth Wonder, Alchemist, fucking Jake One, every big producer on it. He spits bars the entire fucking time. Great, great record. But he went on to say basically like he's an outsider and at first was trying to get acceptance from the inside of the music industry while still at the same time talking shit on the industry that he was in. And he said, now that I'm free and like I don't give a fuck anymore, 
he is burning it to the fucking ground. And it's incredible to see David Spike King. How do you feel about that? I love it. Fucking what? what's the uh, flame on? Is that from the superhero? Flame what? on. Yeah, that, that's that's fucking yeah, uh, the Fantastic Four. Fantastic Four. Thank you. Yeah, flame <laughs> on. Just fucking burn it to the ground. Burn it to the you ground, know, dude. It doesn't completely affect me, but I'm just listening to you two speak ad nauseum about it over the last year or so like fucking burn it to the ground kenny i'm having fun with this whole thing too because like listening to him talk and and listening to him just be he actually went on a whole rant about how it's the classic rant of the anti-industry people that labels are just a bank and if you want to 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 step by step fund your own career this is how you go to a bank and get your money out do you think it's a good thing or a bad thing this entire conversation I think it's a a great thing. Um, there's a couple caveats. When people think, uh, when somebody says I'm completely independent, a lot of people can take that the wrong way and forget that he's still spending a hundred grand on PR. He's Easy. spending a hundred grand on distro. He's spending a hundred grand on, on radio, on all the shit. He's doing all the shit the label would do with his own money, as opposed to borrowing that money from the label and having to pay it back later. That's yeah. so there's a little caveat with the independent thing, but that said, Macklemore was independent. Yep. There's like there's a couple good groundbreaking independent acts that have really taken the labels to to work into town with that shit. And I love it. I'm I'm here to see it because you don't need them. You could hire your services a la carte. A label RCA is going to use their promo and PR team, and they're going to charge you a fucking premium for that. Or you just go and, out and find a third party one and interest. You're going to go interest. out and find a third party one to pay. That's what we did with fitness and uh, how we got on the radio and all this shit was just by like fuck a label, fuck all that. I'm gonna do it all myself. Dog and I, Dave. This is something. Once again, I feel like we're spitting some real like jargon right now. Like I'm just gonna say, a lot that. Of it, yeah. But I, I, I'm starting to learn the language a little bit. So continue. The first time that I ever saw how much a PR firm charged our indie label out of Nashville, I got sick to my stomach. First off, second off, my second thought was they didn't do shit. They got nothing done, and they charged basically retainer. Yeah. And third was. I did more than all of you guys combined, like just by relationships and, and ramming my head through a wall. PR is one of the hardest things that you can do that you have to delve into, like three to five grand a month. And they easy. can tell they're just telling you, yeah, I called this person. Yeah. You're like, did you though? Yeah. Like, show me the fucking I have no receipts. idea what the fuck you're doing. And you got me so far parenting fucking magazine. Like, what are we talking about? Like, you know, it's it, or, or some like online blogs that nobody's fucking heard of, like Barstool Sports. It's fucking crazy. It's, it's just stupid. Like it's fucking stupid. <laughs> like who even knows who that is? But no, I, I think I'll end by saying, Kenny, I'm so glad you brought up the caveats behind it because the the danger of the conversation that he's having is he's not expressing how much money he's actually spending on his own. So then other people are like, oh, yeah, I don't need and this. how many people it's taking to do it. Yeah, it's exactly. still a team of fifty. You know, just bleeding cash left and right. But there's no label that owns his masters he owns those masters those recordings so making it back exactly if you can fit your margins in and you figure it the fuck out do the math and you'll get it that way but uh that's what happened in music this week uh let's go into segments here uh we'll start with on the list off the list we'll go me dave then kenny uh my on the list and off the list are kind of in the same vein my on the list is but is spider-man spider-man comes out to i'm seeing it tomorrow i can't fucking wait man Bro, Spody, I love Spider-Man. I'm a nerd for this shit. I fucking love superhero movies, and I love Spider-Man. I've been fucking watching theory videos on this for the past year. I'm so excited. I cannot fucking wait. It's a mere, like, 
23 hours away. I got my ticket. I can't fucking wait. Yeah, I'm big excited for Spider-Man, man. I, I, I'm full the sucker. What's up? When's the last time you seen a movie in theaters? I saw long Eternals. I saw Eternals last month, the Marvel movie. And it was okay. totally underwhelming. Totally it was awful. It wasn't good. Yeah, but dog shit. I the love the Marvel movie. shit. Me too. Joker. Joker was... Dude, February. Joker was the... Joker came out uh, the day I got married. So October 4th, 2019. That's a long goddamn time ago. I haven't been to the fuck, theaters man. in that long either, dude. I haven't, like... I kind of, like, why the fuck do I want to no. go back? I, don't I love it. I love but, being in the movie theater. I So, I went, like, spur of the moment to Joker because everyone's like, oh, you got to see it. And that movie fucking sucked, by the way. I fucking hated it. <laughs> I know but, you went. Uh, I've heard this argument. I have heard that going to a theater alone is really, like, cathartic. I've never done it, though. But, um... Yeah, I haven't been to a theater in fucking forever. The I I have noticed you have been nerding out. Is uh, Andrew Garfield still the Spider Man? No, so it's Tom Holland. But the rumor is that they're doing the Spider Verse in this movie, where it's going to be all three of the Spider Men in it. They so, come through the multiverse. So uh, wait, what's the three? It's a, I know it's a good one, the bad one. Tell it's Tobey Maguire, Maguire, Andrew yeah, Garfield. Andrew Garfield. Oh, 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 okay. I got all you. Three. I meant, like, and all it, three villains and shit. Yeah, the original Green Goblin's in it, the original Dr. Octopus, the original Electro. Dr. Octagon. You, oh, dude, I'm so fucking... You love this Octopus, bro. I said Octopus. No, it's Dr. Octagon. It's Octopus. It's Octagon. No. Well, it's Dr. Otto Octavius is actually his name. That is true, but it's also Dr. Octagon. Are you doing the Spider-Man thing? Yeah, big Spider-Man fan. Oh, I love Spider-Man, dog. Uh, but yeah, Spider-Man on my list. Dave, on your list. Uh, this was a little sad. I got to go with Tate Meyer. I don't think we had talked we about We did not talk this. about this. So Tate Meyer, keep a long story short, and to keep it as apolitical as possible, there was school shooting in Michigan. Uh, he was on a football team. It looked like he was probably going to go to Toledo or Michigan State. Both good programs. Obviously, uh, Michigan State's in the Big Ten. He uh, charged the school shooter and more or less gave his own life to save others. So uh, Michigan yeah, yeah. gave him an honorary scholarship today. Um, I mean, like, he's, he's, you know, they went through the whole recruiting spiel that they do for any other recruit, and it was really cool to see. Uh, shout out Tate Meyer. I hope, like, his name lives on and, you know, something good can come of it of a really, really shitty situation. Such a that. shitty, it's that. such yeah. a shitty story, but such an amazing kid like that. That's unfucking believe. Yep. Could you imagine being that young and having the wherewithal to give your own life for your classmates? It's fucking crazy, man. Crazy. Dave, that's a great pick. Good Thank job. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, Kenny on your list. Yo, I'm going to lighten this shit up. Catatonic youths on Instagram. It's one of the best. You tell me you've never heard of it. Oh my what God. What is catatonic youths? This, this page oh yeah at Catatonic we both went right Youth. to our phones dude look at it it's all the worst bands on earth the worst music videos live shows including famous people like it's a beautiful compilation of the worst music you've ever heard in your fucking life it's incredible I'm, i'll I'm be on there for hours oh for my hours god hours dude. the first thing i see is watch fucking... the first one watch the first one what was the first one i forget Oh, it was the first one was Ozzy Osbourne and Jessica Simpson doing a Christmas song. Oh, my God. I just see Kid Rock staring at me. 
It's so good. Catatonic oh youths at catatonic youths on Instagram. This is what Great. this podcast is all about is putting people it's 100%. on the stuff. Yeah, yeah, Look yeah. at this shit. Gold. So Kenny, thank you so much, it's dude. It's so good. Yeah, oh got it. It's beautiful. Dave's going to learn all the worst things in the world just going on this. Beautiful. Oh, um, no. I'm, I'm here for this. This is, I love I see laughing. Chevelle. <laughs> Dude, it's so good. You got to just click and listen and watch some of these music videos and shit. Like Ozzy Osbourne and Jessica Simpson doing like what a, a walking in a winter wonderland. <laughs> this the, this page just looks like it smells like Monster Energy drink. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's like hardcore Christian bands and shit. It's so good. Uh, my off the list involves Spider-Man as well. My off the list is leakers. Uh, if you leak anything from Spider-Man, I will find you. And I will fucking end your life. You motherfucker. <laughs> I keep going on YouTube because I watch so many of these theory videos. Anything that has to do with Spider-Man can suggest it to me right away. And there's a bunch of crudely shot thumbnails of spoilers for the movie because people in England have already seen it. Yeah. You pieces of shit. <laughs> <laughs> why aren't they conforming to Americans? I don't That's how know. I don't understand why they released it early overseas because the internet connects everybody. But all I will say is if you wrote, this is like when the Sean McCoy spoiled the ending of Avengers Endgame. I love Shady. I owe Shady a lot of memories that he gave me as a kid as a fucking eagle. And he tweets out, rest in peace, Tony Stark, before the movie gets released. You so piece sick. of shit. Oh my God. I hate leakers. <laughs> I just want to see this movie and that's why I'm going as early as I can. So leakers off my list. Dave, off your list. Um, the movie Avatar. That movie fucking stinks. <laughs> Is there a reason? Did you just watch Avatar? Yeah, I was on a IFC last night, which usually plays just awesome fucking movies. Yeah, and I threw it on. Now, too. What's that? They're promoing the second one now too. Like starting to release some clips. Dude, it's fu- all it is is fucking Pocahontas. Pocahontas in like, the future with aliens. Yeah, I love the like, meme that's like this this human guy sacrifices his entire planet to get some alien puss on a foreign yeah, planet. It like, it's all it is. Oh, my God. And if we're being frank here, they are a bunch of savages on Pandora or whatever the fuck their island's called. Fuck yeah. that. Do you remember what they call sex in that movie? It's called no, no. Sahelu. Like, <laughs> I seen this meme. They got all the weird names for everything. Like, I was praying to God that dude, that, like, army dude, like... Just mowed them. them all down? <laughs> yeah, just mowed them all down. <laughs> David, Like, I don't know, cr- crazy good special effects. Like, that movie... Yeah, fuck your trees, man. I got paper to make and shit. Exactly, yeah, dude. I'm trying, to- trying to steal that, like, precious mineral or whatever. Like, yeah, I'm trying to write it. some notes, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> Dave's out here rooting for the bad guy. I like it. I appreciate yeah. that. Uh, Kenny, who's off your list? Uh, mine's kind of geeky, but mine is downloadable content add-ons for console gaming. That is super geeky, but explain what the fuck you just oh, yeah. said. Hey, I got Yo, let's collateral the other night. I Dude, saw collateral that. in fucking Warzone. Are you kidding me? Anyway, so Warzone is it's like Fortnite, but on Call of Duty. It came out right. a bunch of years ago, and they just released the newest map, the newest shit this last week. Night one, night fucking one, like two hours into playing get kicked out update needed update 85 gigs Jesus. everything that everything these days on like consoles 
are like 200 gigs for games, 300 gigs for games, 40 gigs for an update. It's like you got to keep deleting shit and then it takes nine hours to. I was just going to anyway. say, how long an uplet? Oh, oh, that's what I'm saying. You're like night one, they kicked off people and it took hours to get back. And you're like, night one, can't y'all just wait a fucking day? Bro, you, Kenny was, I actually texted Kenny about this. Kenny was putting up videos of him playing Fortnite or uh, Warzone and I texted him. I said, dude, I didn't know you were a nerd. Yeah, dude, I didn't know you were a nerd, man. Full nerd. Dude, yeah. Yeah, I've been you, and, you, and, you and Dave need to get on the sticks, dude. We got to get up, man. I have so many musician week. friends and big bands that play, man. It's, everybody plays that shit. Dude, I run with ringers, man. So the, the two guys I normally run with, they got three KDs, but two other guys, when they're not playing pros, one of them's got a 5'5". Five five. He's world-class good. He's 19-year-old. He's made grand since May. Like yeah, I only got two Ws under my belt so far in Warzone, but we're getting there. I got... Only career two? Oh man, Kenny, you gotta roll. No, with not us. career got, two. Like, the the new 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 map too. Like in the last like, week, son. Yeah, these guys all got like thousands of wins. They make thousands of dollars on it. They're like fucking crazy Yo, good. And the I'm gaming, like, the right. money, amount of money people make playing games these days, fucking in the millions, like nuts. They were saying that I could make just just from Twitter alone. Tweeting out the Twitch link, they're like, you can make thousands of bucks a month off that. Yeah, 100%. From Barstool, or not fucked over. If something happens where I'm not working there anymore, that's like the first thing I would do to like, like tread water is just fucking string. Because I have all, all it set up. I just never do it. Yo, I told Dave, you I'm moving my studio this next week because I got this house. I'm going to build it into a streaming setup. I'm going to start streaming a ooh, lot. Daddy's going to try to make some of that side cheddar. That. It's fucking easy side cash. Dave's Dave's two options are either doing that or OnlyFans. Like, Dave's either going to be fucking streaming or making his ass clap. I'd buy his shit. I would, too. I'd subscribe in a heartbeat, Dave, just to support. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's wrap this up. Let's go into what the fuck we've been listening to. Uh, Kenny, why don't you start it out? What the fuck have you been listening to? Yo, the boss put out a new record. Rick Ross, the boss, oh, put out the fucking... The, no, 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 my, my Rich, other boss. But, Rich, but Richer than I've ever been. The Pulitzer, man, it's a fucking heavy as fuck tune. Single off his next record, that's so good, and he is fucking skinny now, man. Dude, Rick Ross is the most underappreciated rapper of the last fifteen years. He's been he's the most the pinnacle of Miami rap. In he's my the pin- He's the pinnacle of luxury rap. Like yeah, he's true, true. Somebody, I saw a great tweet about this. Somebody said that Rick Ross. And luxury rap works in 2021 because a lot of people like it could be misconstrued to be like so many people are struggling. Like, you know what I mean? Like, how could you talk about how much money you have? Somebody tweeted like Rick Ross's shit works because he's not talking about how much money he has. He he makes you feel like you have that much money. Like he like <laughs> yeah, describes yeah, yeah. it in a way that like makes you feel like you have that much money. So shout out to fucking Rick Ross, dude. Wing stop. Let's get that lemon pepper wet, dude. Uh, Dave, what the fuck have you been listening to? Uh, I'm guessing you guys have both heard of these guys, but I have not. They're a Scottish alt rock band called the Snoots or the, the Snuts. Snoots? Oh, heard. the Snuts. N S S S N U T S. Yes. Yes. So I stumbled upon them just fucking around on Spotify at the airport today, and they, it was just an autoplay, like it's some alt rock playlist. And they did one of those. I'm like, who the fuck are these guys? And the <laughs> song was called Elephants. Um,. I don't know anything about them other than I looked them up and they're from Scotland. They came out with their first studio album in April of 2021. Uh, got all the way up to number one on the UK charts. And that's all I can really tell you. But like a few of their songs, I was like, these guys are fucking good. They are good. Never- 
Hell yeah, Dave. Good pick. Uh, I'm going to wrap it up. Kenny, this one's for you, babe. Phil Collins, the GOAT. Let's go. Dude, I came across that live video of him doing In the Air tonight. Wearing, he looks like an accountant, and he's like sitting in the back, on the back, like literally pondering off into the distance, like just singing in it. So theatrical, so sick. Two drummers just fucking going ham. Phil Collins is the man. Have you seen any videos of him performing with Genesis recently? Not re recently, but what an artist, dude. What Bro, a fucking creative genius. It's so sad, though. Like, he's out there with this huge arena show, and he's sitting in a, a rolly chair. He's not standing. Like he's just sitting there holding the mic in a fucking office rolling chair. Not even like a cool <laughs> don't, chair. Don't make me like him. You know Yo, I mean? he's out here killing it. He was doing Land of Confusion wailing in a fucking rolling office chair. Like, I was like, you guys couldn't get him like a throne or like a cool chair. Dude, you like see him in pictures in the like mid eighties where he's got like black overalls and Nike high tops. And like, you're like, dude, it's fucking fly. Yo. He's so and sick. the worst receding hairline ever that yeah, he just ever, rocked ever, with. Ever. He just rocked with it. He had one patch of hair in the middle here and that was it. And he's just mad, like murdering. Philip Collins, man. Love him. Phil Collins, dude. Brother Bear soundtrack. Shouts out. Yo, Colin, <laughs> did you ever listen to that band Squid that I tweeted you about? I thought that was a joke. No, I didn't listen to Squid. It's a real band called Squid, and they're fucking rad. The first time I heard them, I thought I was listening to a record from the 70s. Turns out it was Ooh. like from 2016. Go listen to Squid. The song is called House Plants. is my favorite one, but Squid. I'm in. Dude, and that reminds me too. You like Coin, right? You know Coin from Yeah, I like Coin, yeah. Did you listen to their new song Chapstick yet? No. The beginning sounds like Get Back by the Beatles, like this like 70s fuzz rock shit. And then out of nowhere, it just feels like up all night era Beck. Like it's dancey, but it's fuzz rock. Yeah, like it's this really awesome. good shit, dude. They're such a type. I love that band. They're such incredible writers. Good writers, songs. man. Uh, all right, so that's going to be segments. Uh, we have a big interview tomorrow with Group Love finally getting that done. Uh, we have more shit coming up. I don't even... This is a gritty-ass podcast, ladies and gentlemen. We just keep making it happen constantly. Just keep making it fucking happen, left and right. Uh, Dave, don't kill yourself in New York. Kenny, good luck moving your studio. Don't smoke too much weed. You should be okay. Uh, I love you guys. We'll see you next week. Boom. Great job.